excitement. I thank God for just joyful worship and praise unto God, celebration. Amen. I know the devil tries to silence you. I deal with, over the years, a lot of folks that God just wants you to come on out of your shell. And there's a lot of insecurity and fears. What are people going to think about me? Praise God. Who cares? Go ahead and love God. Just go ahead and love God. Oh, what if I sound? Who cares? Just go love God. Amen. That's why the Bible says make a joyful noise unto the Lord. It might just sound like a bunch of noise to somebody else. They're not your critic. We're not going to ask them for how many stars you deserve. Amen. You just go ahead and love God with all your heart. Amen. And he's going to bless you. He's going to bless you. You're going to get something. You're going to get a blessing from the Lord. Psalm 85. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your kindness to us. Thank you, Lord, for the beautiful presence that we felt in this house, the ministering presence of your spirit already, these great testimonies of how great you are and how great you hear us and you answer us, God. Bless your word now, God. I pray as we plant the seed, God, let it be anointed by you, directed by you. Speak clearly to our hearts and our lives, God. And, Lord, we'll give you all the glory, all the praise, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. amen. Going to read Psalm 85. I might just tell you what, uh, what the title of this is after a while. But Psalm 85 verse 8 says, I will hear what God the Lord will speak. Oh, thank God for ears to hear. If you listen, pay attention to what the Holy Ghost will tell you. Oh, you'll be helped. You'll be blessed. For he will speak peace unto his people. Hey, even when you feel like you're getting a spanking, even when you're being chastised, that's a loving God that wants to bring peace into your life. When you start learning and growing in him, amen, praise God, there'll be peace in your life. He will speak peace unto his people and his saints, but let them not turn again to folly or to foolishness. He's going to help you. Keep your, keep your focus on him. Surely his salvation is nigh to them or near to them that fear him, that glory may dwell in our land. Now, this verse 10 is is kind of poetic. It's kind of, uh, well, the book of Psalms is a song book. So he is kind of illustrating a beautiful point of these two principles. Mercy and truth are met together. Almost personifying these mercy and truth, righteousness and peace have kissed each other. God bless you. You can be seated. We'll talk about mercy and truth a little while. Praise God. I thank God for truth. And it's very common that during testimony service and exhortations that people will give that around here, we thank God for truth. Because the Bible says the truth is going to what is what makes us free. And uh, I don't think anybody... It would admit to saying, you know, I, I, I don't mind somebody lying to me. I don't mind somebody deceiving me. I, I would hope that you would have the sense to say, you know what? I, I, I hate lies. I, I hate deception. Amen. But you will see through the word of God from the very beginning you will see God's word come forth very clearly 
through his preachers and teachers and prophets. And, but there's always these religious folks that are spinning lies. Generally speaking, the, the liars and the false teachers, the false prophets are going to be the popular ones. Because everybody likes to think that they can have their way. And God's just going to love them and, and, and take good care of them. And, 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 you know, he doesn't see all that. He's just like, like just a great grandpa that just, just, ah, I don't care how rotten you are. You're my kid. I love you. But see, God is so full of love that he doesn't want to leave you in self-destructive behavior. Amen. And just because truth so often is inconvenient. Amen. Hallelujah. It's still the truth that's going to make you free. Uh, I, I could uh, take a lot of time, and I'm not going to do that, but but I think about Ahab and how he had all his prophets there, and Jezebel had all her false prophets, and, and, and you know, Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, he come by, and, and he heard all the victory, hey, it's going to be great, it's going to be awesome, you're going to conquer, you're going to be victorious, thus saith the Lord, and Jehoshaphat said, I don't know, I just don't feel that witness in my spirit. Don't you have anybody else? And Ahab was a wicked man. Ahab was an idol worshiper. He wasn't dedicated to the Lord. His false prophets, prophets were just saying everything that he wanted them to say. Everything that they were paying, he was, they were getting paid to say. Sadly, that's really what motivates a lot of churches. Amen. Praise God. Who's the, who's the, uh, I'll tell you, I'm going to stand behind whoever puts the most in the offering plate. That's, that, that's going to be cursed. Amen. I said, that's evil. Praise God. That's a hireling. Praise God. But let me tell you, Joshua said, isn't there anybody else? And Ahab said, ah, I got one more guy, but you know what? I don't like him. He always says things that are negative. Praise God. Can I tell you what? Ahab didn't understand that was his friend. That was the one he needed to listen to because the God of heaven was talking through that man to help him have peace, to help him. Praise God. This battle was going to destroy him. Ahab wasn't going to survive the battle. He needed somebody to say, Ahab, you need to turn to God, repent of your sins and lay down this foolishness or you're going to die and you're going to go to hell. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. That kind of preaching is not what I like. He's my enemy. The truth will make you free. There's a lot of religious deception. There's a lot of traditions of men, the Bible calls them. Things that are, well, they, uh, we, we, get, we get connected with them sometimes. And we go through our rituals and our routines. And, and the Bible talks about a form of godliness, but it denies the power. Right. Amen. Right. I know we're in this day where we have this, uh, uh, it, it's... Uh, the terminology that's used is relativism. Somebody asks you, what, what's the truth? Well, what's your truth? That's, that's uh, what a lot of people that are uh, graduating from colleges are hearing now. Well, you've got a truth, and I've got a truth. And what I think maybe uh, uh, is the truth in, in my situation, you know, I might think that, that, that it's, uh, but that's, that does, that's not truth. Amen. Can you imagine going to a bank somewhere and getting your paycheck cashed and, and they say, well, you know what? That's, I, I don't think that, that looks like a 200. That looks like a 50 to me. That's my truth. And you say, give me back my check. Right. Yeah. I'm going to cash this somewhere else where they understand what numbers mean. Right. 
Amen. I'm going to tell you, the Word of God is just like that. You can't can't dissect it and make it believe. I heard people say, well, you can just make that believe. Oh, no. Oh, no. Praise God. This is truth. And the truth is going to make you free. Praise God. The beautiful thing about the truth is, you know, you're going to have to conform to that. You're going to have to say, Lord, nevertheless, no matter how tough it's going to be, no matter how how much of a cross it is going to be for me to bear, your way is going to be better than mine. So not my will, but thine be done. Let me tell you something. The hardest thing for people to learn how to be led by the spirit is you're going to have to start off recognizing God's not going to just go ahead and do it because you like it. He's going to lead you down some paths. Amen. That you would rather not go. He's going to tell you, hey, you need to walk away from some things that you'd rather hold on to. You're going to have, can I say it this way, uh, a confrontation with God occasionally. You're going to make up your mind. You know what you like and you want. And God's going to say, I got something better for you. See, a lot of times we don't hear that. We, oh, God, God doesn't say no. I tell you what, he'll tell you I've got something better. He'll tell you that's not good for you. He'll tell you that's going to hurt you and you need to lay that aside because I've got something better for you. So we've got to recognize if we're going to be led by God, led by his spirit, led by that God's way is truth. Amen. And, and recognize that God is so good that 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 he is going to just blow your mind with what a good plan he has for you. It's going to make you free. It's going to change some things for the better. Yeah. Amen. Sometimes the process is, is, is tough. Sometimes you've got to take up a cross. Sometimes you've got to go through some, some, some trials. But after a while, you're going to say, God, you're leading me in a better way. Right. And you know, I'm, I'm getting used to looking to you for strength and not those old habits. Amen. Not going back to the, to, to the drinking and the drugs and the, and the old friends that are just going to pull out the worst in me. Amen. But I'm getting used to seeing God. You pick me up. You fill me with joy. You give me peace. Amen. Praise God. The truth will make you free. Praise the Lord. But I'm so thankful in this truth of God's word. Because when I read the word of God, I I tell a lot of people, this is just good, good suggestion. I think that's that, that I've come across that people say, well, I want to start off and I want to, I want to get to know the word of God. This is truth, right? And I've got to learn more about what God says and less about what I say. Jesus said, sanctify them in thy truth. Thy word is truth. Clean them through your truth. Wash their hearts and their character. Amen. With your truth. And your word is that truth. We read about the family, the, uh, the, the home this morning in, in the book of Ephesians. And within that, we, uh, we see that the Bible talks about the washing of the water of the word of God. That the word of God will reveal truth like a mirror, James says, the perfect law of liberty, like a looking glass. But it's also the water that will sanctify, that will cleanse you. When people come and they say, how can I learn more about this? I'll say, get start off in Matthew and just start reading through the Gospels and get to know Jesus. Get to know him. Get to know his teaching. Get to know his his uh, his example and get to see how he deals with with people and and uh, 
prayer and all these things. Get to know that and, and work your way through that and see how great his teachings are. See how amazing that, that his, his ways are. And after a while, as you start to read that, say, oh, wow, God, you're so amazing. Jesus, you're just, you're just so, so great. And everything you do is just motivated by compassion and love. And, and, and that is truth. That is awesome. And if the world could be like, oh, that is so awesome how you do this. And, and if everybody in the world could, could just do that, what a different place this would be. And then after a while you say, well, maybe I need to start with me. And now you start thinking, oh, that's a lot of forgiveness. That's a lot of help, mercy. That's a lot of love. And and, and that's a lot of righteousness. The way is narrow and few there be that find it. If you write, I, it's going to cause you to stumble and cause you to be offended. Pluck it out and, and follow me. Take up your, and I, and you start saying, God, I, I don't have that in me, that kind of strength in me to live that kind. I know it's right. I know it's good. It's amazing. It's so awesome, God, and you're so awesome. But you're going to find out you need a savior. You're going to find out it's not a law that says, hey, thou shalt, thou shalt not. But it's a, it's a loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, loving your neighbor as yourself. And you say, I can do that. And then you start and you say, no, I can't. I got up this morning and I said, okay, God, that's the first and greatest commandment. And second's like the first. I got this. And, you know, I didn't make it to breakfast without saying, God, I need help. That's why we, become, we need a savior. We need a savior. We need God that God would not only cleanse our hearts, but fill us with his life. And the amazing thing about this prophecy, because because the book of Psalms is it's there's so much prophecy in it. There's so much of this is really pointing to who Jesus is and will come and show a people that all they know is God's word is truth, and anybody that's not living that, they're condemned. And you start looking around the room and say, you fall short, and you're not, there's something you're not doing. There's something you're doing that you shouldn't be doing. And there's something that I know what the Bible verse says that you're doing that's wrong, and after a while you realize, wait a minute, wait a minute. It's real easy, but God, wait a minute. Am I, if I'm honest with myself and I know the truth and Lord, I, I need, I need mercy because truth without mercy is going to cause us to not be like Jesus, but be more like the Pharisees. A lot of religious folks, they they kind of come to a place where where they've lessened truth. I'm not talking about that. Where they've acted like truth doesn't matter. Your way is okay and anything goes. No, truth is is still that that thing that's going to make us free. Jesus said, "I am the way, I am the truth." But to hold on to truth and love the truth, the Bible talks about buy the truth and sell it not. But with truth, that Jesus would come and show us the truth and know the truth, be the truth, and consistently still seek and save that which is lost. To recognize that mercy and truth must meet together. That you can be so knowledgeable about that Bible, and I recommend it highly. 
know the truth, love the truth, learn the truth, live the truth. But let it be tempered with mercy. That you don't become self-righteous, but that you become a minister, a servant. That you in that truth help people up. Help people be stronger. Encourage people in, in your life and in your witness and in your example to know more about Jesus. The Bible talks in John the 8th chapter about a woman who was an adulteress. And they somehow felt that bringing her to Jesus in such a horrible display of just, just, just ignorance... Just an embarrassment. Let me tell you something. God's, God's word is not to embarrass people. God's truth is not to, to destroy. It's to build. And, and this, uh, this has been a, a portion of scripture that I feel like has, has really been, in a lot of ways, misused. Because in no way does Jesus ever become less... Uh, respectful of truth you will never see any any shadow of turning in jesus throughout his ministry from truth you'll never see him back down from any bit of the word of god but he brings it into focus that a lot of religious uh, uh crowd if you will and religious leaders have lost focus of what god's truth was given to us to accomplish So they come ready for blood. They come ready to scourge the land of this sin and ready to say, hey, this is her sin. She's been caught in the very act. And there's so much of it that is just almost begs you to to wonder how in the world did this happen? And what kind of ridiculousness were these religious leaders? Somehow they, they got the woman. The man has never even been called into question. We have no idea where that guy is or who he was. They're not concerned. And you can tell in a lot of their zeal, this has really nothing to do with righteousness. And it rarely does when people are so zealous that they're, They're screaming under a banner of truth. And this is what the Bible says. And you better do this and take care of this. But but when mercy is not present, it's usually something more like pride or envy. Praise God. It's real easy to point a finger at that poor woman laying there saying, "I, I don't know her story. Don't know where she came from. Don't know how this happened. And people... Just just getting so irate. She's a sinner. She's a sinner. And nobody ever considering Jesus saying, well, you know, let's talk about your sin. Do you want your sin to be handled the way you want to handle her sin? And he says, whoever has no sin, let them cast the first stone. Well, the Bible says something pretty interesting. We'll just point out a little bit here that that it was the older ones that had enough sense to say, you know what, this is wrong. We should have never got caught up in something so ridiculous and start walking away. But listen to me. It, it, truth never, never diminished because Jesus looks at this woman and says, where are those that condemn you? She said, they're, they're not here. And he says, neither do I condemn thee. Let's read it. 
Praise God. In John, the eighth chapter, verse 11, she said, no man, Lord. Jesus said unto her, neither do I condemn thee. But he doesn't stop there. He tells her, go and sin no more. The church is not in the place to ignore sin. To act like somehow Jesus made a way that sin is no longer sinful. That grace somehow removes God of his purity and his holiness. That sin is not offensive to him anymore. Listen to me now. Sin is an offense. Sin is, is that, well, the Bible tells us that in the book of Romans that sin might be exceeding sinful. That we can recognize how, how God sees sin. But yet that truth of sinfulness, that truth of justice, that truth of judgment must also be tempered and mixed very in a, in a way that there's mercy. And there is a desire to say there's help for you. There's an altar for you. There's a way for you to get right. I tell you, some people, the way it's preached, the way it's shown in so-called Christians, it's almost like people feel like I don't have a way to get right. I'm wrong, and I guess I'm just judged, condemned, and no, 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 no. That's mercy and truth have met together. I, I explained here the other day to one that, about the, the types and shadows of the Old Testament and how in the midst of the congregation of Israel there was the tabernacle and the temple. And, and God, because sin was so sinful and man's sin had not been paid for through the blood of Jesus Christ, that place where God's presence dwelt, he said, I want to dwell amongst you, but you're so sinful, you got to put me in a tent and put me in a, in a room in that tent and I'll stay there amongst you, but, but you can't come in that room, just one of you, and that just once a year God's glory would come down that holiness that power his presence his glory would come down and sit on a gold box that had the the law of God that demanded holiness that said the soul that sinneth shall surely die God's word that that was holy and his presence would come down and sit upon that box that uh, that his Spirit and his word were right there demanding truth, hating sin. And in between that powerful, holy presence and that powerful, holy word was the mercy seat, was the lid of that box that the blood would be applied to once a year on the day of atonement. That blood that was a a layer of mercy between his presence that wanted to dwell amongst us and his word that condemned our sins. That God made a way that we could be forgiven. Proverbs 3. Proverbs 3. Oh, hallelujah. God is a God of truth. Religion has brought lies of tradition religion has has tried so hard to 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 really formalize and push god out for their own traditions and their ways but god's word is truth but thank god that truth has met mercy 
My son, verse 1 of Proverbs 3, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments for length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck, write them upon the table of thine heart, so shalt thou find favor of, and good understanding in the sight of God and man. God has shown us truth and mercy joined together. And it is our goal, it is our, uh, our, a need for us, if you will, that we would find that Ability to not only know God's word, know God's truth, stand for truth and not error, stand for truth and not falsehoods and lies, stand for truth and not false doctrine and false prophecies, but stand for God. Amen? Amen. And walk in mercy. The key to a child of God. One, one thing that is so important that I've seen in this last day, that's just what Jesus said. It's just so full of lies and and, and and deception. End time deception is so prevalent. But to know the truth and balance it with mercy. What I want to just preach to you for a little while tonight is that it is God's heart that in all the truth that he is, I am the way, I am the truth and the life. But that he he loves and he saves and he shows mercy and he doesn't come to destroy. He doesn't come to, to like the thief to kill and, and steal, but he comes to give life and that more abundantly. That God is every bit truth, but he has met with mercy. And then if we are going to be like Jesus, we must find that balance of truth and mercy. We must buy the truth, know, love the truth, sell it not. But always recognize, God, help me to take all that truth and be an instrument of mercy. To help people see that truth and love that truth like I do. To shine forth in that truth in a way that people want what I have. That there is a clear message that says God's way is right. It's not my opinion. It's not the opinion of my church. But it's the word of God and And there is hope for you. There is help for you. We're going to do everything we can to to let you see that God wants to forgive you. It's his desire to forgive you. He is plenteous in mercy. He delights in mercy. And this truth, if you feel condemnation, if you feel the judgment that God wants to take that from you and save you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you bind them about thy neck and write them on the table of thine heart i've seen many things in the land and in our lives i've seen a lot of things where people get so out of balance and if you're not careful you can take one aspect of god's word and without the whole counsel of god quote bible verses all the way into the ditch amen you know, there is an idea of folks that, and, and this is something that we, we recognize and we see. And a lot of people in the day are kind of like the, the false prophet crowd of Ahab, where, where it's just 
whatever you want and whatever you like. And I don't want to hurt your feelings. I don't want to make you feel bad. I, I want to tell you all just gumdrops and rainbows. That, that's, that's just a feel-good kind of experience when you come to church and everything. is. There's not going to be any confrontation. There's not going to be any... And you're not going to feel uncomfortable. You know what? We'll probably just try to encourage a lot of... You know, we just want you to feel comfortable with your sin. And I don't believe that's God's will. Oh, you're hurting me. Oh, you're putting me down. No, no, no. We want you to be saved. There's a lot of of churches that that won't preach against sin for fear of hurting somebody's feelings. That won't tell you that that's that's not good for you because they don't want to push you away. But but praise God, that's what Jude said to be careful about in his letter, it said they take the grace of God and turn it into something filthy. Like telling people the grace of God is, is just going to don't worry about sin. Everybody sins all the time just because your sin is different than somebody else's sin. And hey, that's not what the word of God. God came to wash away your sin. God came to, that you would be transformed, that old things would pass away and behold, all things would become new. God said that you would be a new creature, a new creation in Christ. Amen. So we've got this understanding in a lot of a lot of churches that that uh, they won't say that that sin is sinful. They won't say that that there's anything wrong in the world today and that your way is going to be okay. But then there's another side that says, I know that's wrong. Maybe you've come from a situation. You've come from that kind of uh, of background where it just seemed like everything was about making people feel good and making them feel comfortable and and, and not really having them. Turn from sin in repentance, not really having them see that 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 God wants to take you out of sin and change you. And that can be offensive. And that when you realize that, hey, that's not what the Bible teaches. But I've seen people kind of get in the other side of the road in a rut to where now it's just anger and it's just just a a almost a, a a hatred if you will and and there needs to be some sternness don't get me wrong there needs to be some boldness praise god but if the gospel is presented by the pulpit or anybody in the pew in a way that does not obviously show that God wants to save you from your sin god wants to help you in your weakness it's not being light on sin Loving people, helping them grow one step at a time. But there can be people that are so, so angry and so harsh about sin and you never see the mercy and the, the, they never feel the, that they have any ability to get free. And oh, I believe there's people in this world that want to be free. Look what it says in Matthew, the ninth chapter, how we need a balance, how we need to be able to kind of walk and chew gum at the same time. We need to love truth and be able to show mercy. I, I, I fear for people. I've, I've been around some folks already in church that just, you know, the nicer you get to folks that need Jesus, the more they wonder where you're at and why you do you still believe what you believe. Yeah, I sure do. I believe that God wants to save sinners. I still believe sin is sin. But I want to walk in mercy. And, you know, you don't have to give up what you believe to not just put your finger in everybody's face and condemn them every chance you get. Well, praise God. You know, some of our 
Some of our children, maybe, that have grown up in church, they, they've, they've heard the preaching. Praise God. They just, they just need to see they have a place in church. They've heard it. They know what you believe. You don't have to hear it over and over. You know, some of my kids, I'll tell you what, they've heard probably how to get right more than they needed to hear it. And, if, and, and they know mom and dad haven't changed a bit. But I sure want them all to know they've got a chance to be saved if they want to be saved. Your neighbors, praise God, they see you living right and they sometimes wonder maybe you've lost your mind and, and maybe you've gotten strict. No, you just fell in love with God and your whole life is about Him now. And they wonder, oh, I can't live like that. And you're right, no, neither can I, but God will help you. But you've got to make them see that, hey, this is for you. This is for you. Amen. God wants to fill you. God wants to help you. Matthew 9, verse 10. Jesus is just gotten through helping a tax collector. He is a thief. Amen. It came to pass when Jesus sat at meat in, in the house. Behold, many publicans and sinners came down and sat with him and his disciples. I, I've told you this before. I'm going to tell you again. When I read this, I'll probably tell you another time afterwards. Praise God. That this wasn't Jesus going down into the little uh, hell holes of the, of the city. And you're going to find Jesus down there where all the prostitutes are. And you're going to find him down there. No. You know what? You found them following Jesus. Amen. Jesus didn't bring his his disciples into places where they could be tempted and tried. And and, and you, you need to be careful. But you know what? He had something so amazing, had such a such a beautiful presence of love and compassion that they came to him. This was a tax collector's house, probably a pretty nice place, if you think about it. And they they found their way to try to get in there and listen to Jesus. They came and sat meet, sat down with him at, and his disciples, and the Pharisees saw it and said to the disciples, Why eat your master with publicans and sinners? When Jesus heard that, they said, They that be whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. Praise the Lord. You're going to have to know how to treat sin-sick people with mercy. Praise the Lord. He said, Well, what if somebody thinks? I don't care what anybody thinks. I want to help somebody be saved. Amen. If you want to know what I believe, I'll be glad to talk to you about it. Praise God. But I don't want to make it to where where folks don't feel like they can be saved. My, there needs to be a balance in that. Love truth. I, I'm not going to tell somebody, oh, it doesn't matter how you live. God still loves you and you're going to go to heaven no matter what, without any repentance, without any dedication to God, without any any power of God living inside of you. I, oh, no, that's a lie. I'm not going to tell them that, that, that your sin is fine and God doesn't care about that. But I want to help them find a Savior. Praise God. But he tells this religious crowd, go and learn what this mean, that meaneth. I will have mercy. I want to have mercy. It's my will to have mercy, not sacrifice. God would rather you show mercy than, than any kind of ritual routine of, of, of empty religious observances. Amen. Going through the motions of trying to look like a Christian. God said, you want to do something for me? Win a soul. Show mercy. If you want me to, to be blessed today, let me just find somebody I can have mercy on. Amen. Amen. Go and learn what this means. I, would, I will have mercy, not sacrifice, for I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful for his mercy. Proverbs 16 Verse 6. God's so good. Aren't you thankful for mercy in your life? 
I tell you what, I don't want to cut mercy off in my life. I say, well, brother, how could you do that? Well, the Bible says, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Amen. I, I want to... I want to make sure there's a clear channel for mercy to flow toward me in order to keep that mercy flowing my way because I might need some. I need to have mercy flowing out of me. Amen. By mercy, Proverbs 16, 6 says, by mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. Mercy is going to help sin be forgiven and cleansed. Amen. I believe sometimes the word gets sharp. I believe sometimes it, 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 it's going to confront us. You're going to come into a place where you're going to have to face that and say, you know what? I want God more than that. But when that, that presence, that holiness, that love of God, is, it, it confronts your sin, there's going to be a clear path to mercy if it's done in God. There's going to be a clear message that says, listen, this isn't just to beat you up and make you feel bad. It's something that God's going to help you be forgiven. By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. And by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. In the book of Luke, the 19th chapter in closing, there was a man named Nicodemus. He was another one of those tax collectors. It was a... it was kind of a, a messed up deal. It was the tax collectors in those days. I, I'm sure most of you know. If you don't, no shame to that. But they were hired by Rome, who was occupying the land at that time. Rome was very just uh, oppressive. And um, they were not only collecting taxes from the Jews, but they would hire a Jewish person to collect those taxes and tell them, you know, this is what we want. What you go and tell them they owe is up to you. So you give us our share, and if you double that or triple that, you keep whatever is above what we're asking. So the tax collectors were known as just traitors and thieves. So they were kind of, uh, you know, almost, uh, well, it was almost like the definition of a, of a rotten human being. They would say, you're a publican. I think they called Jesus that at one time. Now we know you're a publican, a heathen, got a devil. It's just uh, that publicans are, are, we're, we're known for e- to be evil people, praise God. And, and we know, the Bible tells us to render unto Caesar what is Caesar's, and we tribute to whom tribute is due. That, it's important to us that we pay what we owe, but, but these people were traitors to their brothers and sisters and, and thieves. And Je- uh, Zacchaeus knew Jesus was coming, and something in him said, I need a Savior. I need to see this. And he was, a, as the, the kid's song says, was a wee little man. He was a, uh, he was, and, and he climbed up in the sycamore tree to see Jesus. And Jesus goes right to him and sees this, this amazing just drive to see Jesus. And he honors that. He still honors that today. And the Bible says Jesus came and talked to him and said, I want to come to your house today and have a meal with you. Luke 19, verse 6, he made haste and came down, received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they murmured, saying that he was gone to be a guest with a man that is a sinner. Zacchaeus was, was a known sinner. He was a known traitor. He was a known thief. But Jesus made a way for him to feel like he was important. Did Jesus not care about his stealing ways, his traitorous ways? Of course he did. But he saw 
a chance to show mercy. And you know what? In all this, look what it says. Before Zacchaeus says all this, Jesus says, I want to spend some time with you. I want to show you my kindness. And they're murmuring. Zacchaeus stands up, says in verse 8, Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, half my, Lord, half my goods I give to the poor. And if I've taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. That was mercy and truth confronting him and purging iniquity. Maybe, maybe we could be more effective if people didn't just see mercy, truth but saw mercy. If people just didn't see that this is the way, and it is, and it's God's way or the highway, I believe it. This word is not going to change for our preferences or our traditions. But if people could see that God wants to save them. Look what it says. Jesus said unto them, This day is salvation come to this house for as much as also he is a son of Abraham. For the son of man has come to seek and save that which is lost. He's come to find not the well, but the sick. He's come to save not the righteous, but the sinner. And in that, we've got to love this truth, live this truth, hold it up, stand for it, defend it, but balance it with mercy. Let's bow our heads in prayer. God's so good. He showed us mercy, didn't he? Didn't have to do it. It's going to take repentance. It's going to take a turning from sin. But, you know, not everybody just maybe understands as quickly. Maybe, maybe there's a lot of battles that we don't know about. I don't want to make any excuses for anybody, but I do want to help people be saved. To love this truth. To love Jesus. And to see him showing mercy. Compassion. Love. Oh, I want to be more like Him. I want to shine to others the way He shined in my life. There's a lot of things in the Word of God that if they're out of balance, they can be damaging. But if we can find that that balance of holding to truth and not, not letting it slip, but loving people and showing them mercy. Oh, we'll, we'll be so much more effective for God's kingdom. Let's find a place to pray. God, we love you. Let's talk to him. so good.
and shape us. Help us to be more like you. Mold us and shape us, God. Lord, our hearts, our, our witness, our testimony for you, Lord, help us to be everything you want us to be, God. Oh, we love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for being so kind, for showing us your truth, for building that truth in our hearts, God, showing us your mercy, God. We love you. We praise you. Let's all stand. God, thank you just for the good, good presence of your spirit throughout this service, God, your love and the the unity of your people. God, we're so blessed tonight. God, thank you. Thank you for working in such a great way tonight, God, in this service this morning. We just thank you. Help us to go forth from this house and show forth that mercy and truth to be, Lord God, just instruments in your hands to do your will, God. Now, pray that you keep us safe as we travel, God, and just shine your light through us, God. Keep us in health and in safety, and Lord, we just want to do more for you. Have your way in our lives and in our homes. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you.